and welcome to this morning's FDF webinar on imports and exports keeping customs compliant. My name is Dominic Googy. I'm Head of International Trade at the Food and Drink Federation. And for those of you joining us today that aren't FDF members, we are the voice of UK food and drink manufacturing in the UK. Uh, we're running this event as part of the Department for International Trade's fantastic International Trade Week, and we're really pleased to be involved in a, a huge range of different events that are taking place. If you haven't been on the International Trade Week website, I uh, would advise everyone to take a look and see some of the brilliant events, some focused on food and drink, but all with a, a strong theme on international trade and helping businesses to do more overseas. For, uh, before then, though, obviously today, we're hosting this webinar, which is going to focus on the importance of customs compliance. Uh, never has that been more important with the timely changes that have happened with Chief switching over to CDS. Uh, and so we thought it would be a really great time to bring together a couple of fantastic experts to help you uh, to ensure your trade in food and drink is fully customs compliant. I'm delighted to introduce uh, our two guest speakers. First up, we have Gavin Roberts from Tradeflow Customs Consultancy. Many FDF members will know him as uh, our advisor to the FDF's Customs Working Group. Uh, but more broadly, he spent more than two decades advising uh, food and drink manufacturers and retailers on uh, customs issues. He's joined by Mark Jameson from Emma Systems UK, who has more than 25 years working in supply chain tech, supporting businesses with digital solutions to help boost their efficiency. Uh, thank, thank you very much, Dominic. We, we are today going to discuss imports and exports keeping customs compliant. Ten key actions for importers, followed by the importance of proof of export uh, for exporters, common mistakes and catching errors, um, particularly on imports, how to correct any mistakes that you discover and, and tell HMRC recover duty or voluntary disclose that you owe HMRC uh, money. Differences um, from chief to CDS, um, which is obviously, as uh, Dominic mentioned, very topical. Chief uh, and CDS outputs to allow verification. Would an AAO help my business? And then I pass over uh, to Mark, who is going to run through how Emma eDoc helps to keep you compliant with its cloud-based analysis and customs archive. First three uh, key actions for any uh, importer. Uh, the first one is um, make sure that um, anyone in your uh, your customs team does have a, a, a at least a basic knowledge of classification, origin, and valuation rules, as they will uh, uh, very things could very quickly go wrong if they don't. Um, so before you let them loose in the customs department, make sure as a minimum uh, they have a have a basic understanding or are. are, are kept under close supervision um, the the next the next uh, the next key action um, is to continue staff training improve um, people's knowledge uh, in, improve knowledge throughout the business um, the uh, the, um, the the buyers the the finance team can all benefit from uh, joining in training courses on customs um, and 
although there's there's not big things uh, like Brexit uh, happening every day, thank goodness, um, there are still big challenges um, and changes um, to tariff rates and, and, and preference rules. For example, when the when the um, UK signs a, a, a trade agreement with a new trade partner, there can be a whole whole change in um, in, in duty rates uh, that follow. Um, thirdly, uh, regularly check um, tariff code changes, um, that your insurance level is correct, your insurance, um, freight insurance will change uh, on an annual basis, um, and check that your um, compliance with prefer preference rules are up to date, um, and that your um, suppliers are meeting those preference rules um, and have evidence from their suppliers that, that they are doing so. The Next uh, key action is to provide instructions to your freight and clearance agent. Um, generally, uh, well, uh, an importer is responsible uh, for, uh, legally responsible for each declaration, even if he subcontracts it to a, to a freight forwarder, whether that's either in an indirect or direct relationship. Uh, the importer will still be legally responsible um, and uh, uh, one way or another. Um, so give written emailed instructions to your to your agents for each import and export declaration um, being made um, and uh, ensure that they have all the correct paperwork that will allow them to, to make the declaration on your behalf. Ask for and receive um, copies of all the import and export entries once they have been made um, and some uh, I know some um, importers who, who won't actually pay their freight agents until they uh, have copies of those entries. I'd always recommend paying for uh, MSS, Management Support System data from, from customs um, to ensure that you, know, you have a list of all the entries there. And we'll hear from Mark later about EMA Systems, um, which uses this Management Support System, this summary of all your import and export declarations as a basis to ensure your storage of uh, and, and storage of, of entries is complete, you've got all the import uh, and export entries should they ever be required. Um, and the, the sixth key action is check the work of your agents. You've provided those instructions. You've received the, the copies of the paperwork or access to the the paperwork. Um, uh, it's and and. Don't just leave it there, do check through that your instructions were followed, the correct tariff code was used, the insurance rate, the um, discounts were applied, and of course that the, the correct duty was paid. Um, also, um, just very quickly, samples as well um, are an area where many mistakes take place, um, and we're going to cover that later, but make sure they've been treated correctly by your freight agent. Um, then keep records of, of entry amendments, voluntary disclosures, reclaims you make, um, so that well, so you don't make them twice, uh, don't make a reclaim on the same entry twice, etc. Um, and um, but also it's very important to 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 have um, a record of all of this, um, and also to have some one member of staff nominated uh, to be responsible for for keeping these records. Um, Customs records you need to retain by law for six years VAT records and four years for customs records. Um, and and uh, a point here is that the, the EMA EDOC system um, 
allows you to keep records on the cloud forever. So worth considering, uh, and you'll hear a bit more about that later. Um, to have procedures in place throughout the business and clear lines of responsibility for customs matters. Um, the AEO application, even if you're not going to apply for it, is very useful and it lists um, the areas of, of, of where you should keep procedures throughout a um, and have procedures throughout a business um, in customs, finance, accounting, export, import, and all these areas. Um, and procedures, of course, are very helpful should staff leave, um, be absent, someone else needs to take on that role, um, they can follow those procedures. So I don't think it's worth uh, underestimating how important they can be. And then finally, have third-party reviews, gap analysis done from time to time, consider an AEO or a third-party review. You don't want to discover that um, uh, things are all going horribly wrong and you didn't know uh, when uh, customs come to do a, do an audit. So uh, the importance of uh, proof of export, um, so that covered uh, imports and many of those points are also valid for exports, but but it's also, it is very important to keep proof of export. Um, you need, um, and, and copies of the export declarations and, and what's been declared on your behalf. Um, you need uh, this for VAT zero rating for export. When you are using customs procedures like inward processing and outward processing, um, you may need it if you're going to do returns good relief. Um, if you export soft drinks to get money back uh, from on the from the sugar tax. Um, also, the new plastic packaging tax. If you're going to export packaging components, you need proof that goods have been exported. Um, so you can recover, uh, use that as a, against your, your inputs. And although export refund, refunds uh, have gone, um, you never know, should they ever return? Many um, chocolate and com, um, com, chocolate confectionery cake exporters um, used to claim uh, millions of pounds in uh, export refunds, um, but sadly they, they have gone now. So, um, where do people go wrong uh, with import declarations? Uh, quite often um, I see currency errors, Hong Kong dollars declared as dollars, um, dollars declared as sterling. A few weeks ago it wouldn't have really have mattered as we almost reached parity. Um, but when there's a um, you know the 170 yen to the to the dollar, um, it's uh, uh, and you've put down those yens as dollars, then you're obviously looking at a very high um, error, uh, mistake. So that's one obviously to check currency errors. Um, with food, um, there are many food products where um, there is a specific duty as well as an ad valorem percentage based duty. Um, and so you need to make sure you base that. You can see the orange juice there highlighted. You need to make sure you're basing your uh, tariff code on the net weight. To, to classify it correctly, you need to know the bricks level, the sugar level. Um, you need to know the size of the container. Um, and you need to know the, um, the, the rate per 100 kilograms and not per ton or whatever. I've seen errors in all those areas. Um, particularly around net weight uh, and much higher duty paid on, on gross weight. So again, very important to check. Tariff code area, uh, errors, 
Um, classification is very difficult, takes, takes scale and has many rules. I've just shown a, a food example there, a brown trout, Atlantic salmon at, at uh, face value, literally. Um, you could say they, they, they look very similar, um, but the duty rate on a trout is 12% as opposed to salmon, 2%. So you you know, you wouldn't want to get that wrong in the same way you wouldn't want to get slipper classification wrong, where duty rates can vary from 16 to 4 percent, um, or um, uh, monitors slash TVs, duty rates can range from 14 to 0 percent, bags 8 percent to 2 percent, depending on the majority cover, is it plastic or textile? So many opportunities for errors around dive codes, um, and it's good to, to, to have a internal specialist or external specialist that help you with tariff goods. Um, sticking with trout, with trout uh, there are um, many different preferences for bringing in trout, for example. Um, if you bring it in from the US, you don't get any uh, preferential duty rate. Um, it's 12%. From France or Canada, 0%. Iceland, 3.6%. Um, but Bringing it in from Russia in the current circumstances, the duty rate would be 47%. So I'm seeing a lot of errors around preference, particularly um, with imports from the EU. Um, many people originally did not claim preference on, on, on their goods coming in, um, and it is definitely worth having a look at any, any imports, uh, any declarations you've had from the EU in the last couple of years. Um, to, to see that the correct preference has been declared. Also, discounts uh, quite often appear on invoices, and again, you can uh, uh, quite often miss uh, that a 5% discount is applied um, for volume or whatever, um, and only 95% of that invoice is going to be paid to the, the supplier. So uh, don't uh, don't pay duty on the on the 100%. Uh, just the 95 discounts again are quite often missed and are where errors occur. The final one is samples. Customs always seem to be um, looking into sample errors. It's again, I see so many different kinds of sample errors. You should only be having duty-free imports for samples if they are true commercial samples that are disposed of correctly, um, records are kept, um, and um, uh, it's so, the case so many times is that it's not followed uh, and so they shouldn't be treated as true samples. Many retailers um, actually don't use the sample CPC code, don't treat samples as samples, everything's treated as, a, as an actual import just to prevent the errors that can occur with um, sample declarations. Okay, thank you Mark. Um, so how do you correct mistakes when they are made? Um, Mistakes can be corrected up to three years um, from uh, acceptance date generally, although less under certain preference agreements. Um, repayments can be requested on customs form C285 for chief or CDS. We've just started to, to use CDS uh, for imports uh, and that's the only game in town. Um, chief 285s uh, can be submitted electronically, but CDS reclaims remain. You've got to fill them in online and then post them, uh, but, we're, but that's likely to, to change and, and become easier. To make a reclaim, you need um, the, the, the declaration to, to um, what was chief in the old days or, or CDS and the declaration back, which is form uh, with the information about the duty paid, etc., which is um, the um, C88. 
Um, the, um, the movement reference number, uh, the MRN, is obviously very important with CDS. It is the, the key uh, number to, to track an entry um, where we used to have the entry number in, in the past with Chief. Um, so you would also need things like commercial invoice, the reason for the claim, your address, etc., and uh, possibly other other documents. But again, if you send a reclaim into customs and you don't have all the information, they'll simply tell you what what else they want to see. So it's really easy. So um, if uh, there is a mistake the other way, uh, where um, you have uh, um, underpaid duty, then you need to use form C. 2001 to declare uh, underpayments uh, if it was a chief entry and form C2001 CDS for CDS entries. You'll then receive a, a payment slip uh, to make a payment uh, and where a higher figure is calculated HMRC will let you know if you've not put enough, if you've if you've not said you've uh, uh, X amount was, was wrong and customs think it was X plus 20% then uh, they'll let you know and, and issue a, a C18 form for that um, with regard to export entry errors, clearly there's no money in at stake uh, generally, but um, you can use the online service form C81 to, to, to amend those mistakes. It's worth just just here just um, mentioning uh, we've 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 mentioned that um, for imports um, CDS has been brought in um, as the main customs computer uh, and Chief is, is, is has been in effect retired. Um, and it's worth just looking at the differences between a, a chief declaration made by your freight agent um, and uh, the CDS entry that is now being made. So um, it, chief was basically set up to copy paper forms um, uh, and filling in those was very much like a, like a paper form. CDS is a fully electronic system where all uh, data is exchanged uh, digitally. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the, one of the main differences. Completion rules, if you just uh, look look online, you can find the requirements with Chief Tariff, just stick that into to Google, or the CDS uh, Declaration Completion Guidance can also be found online. Um, data entry, the 68 paper, paper type form, multi-boxes um, with uh, Chief, with CDS there's 91 data elements um, and, and different codes that you have to use. There's still seven-digit customs procedure codes for each item, um, but with CDS, these are split into two parts, a four-digit procedure code and up to 99 different types of additional procedure codes. Error codes uh, with Chief, um, it was always a bit of a nightmare um, trying to work out what the error code was because it was 4,000 of them. With CDS, we've got 200 error codes pointing to the exact data element. Um, also, you with CDS, you are now able to um, uh, look at um, look at uh, the current the, your 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 payment options, the, your current cash account. Much better access to sort of financial information around um, your current uh, deferment account, etc. And then finally, IT access access to Chief was via community systems providers, access to CDS is via gov.uk using Iori, uh, your EORI number. Um, and import and export declarations uh, can be made through that. So um, how we mentioned, you've got to check 
um, that your freight agent uh, has done it correctly, your, your, your declaration has done, correct, done your declaration correctly. Um, with Chief, we could use MSS, um, Management Support System Data. We could pay monthly, I think it's £20 to, um, uh, to customs to, to give you a summary each month of, of your declarations. Some reports, uh, your clearance agent, freight agent could print off uh, summaries or you they would send you the C88 and E2 paper printouts for imports, the X2 for exports. Under CDS, uh, we still have this uh, MSS equivalent CDS data and again it, it, it's, it's £20 from, from HMRC. Um, you can get a report from CDS called the DM Stacks message uh, which is uh, which is called the ad valorem tax basic uh, amount report um, interesting uh, and then you can and then for me an old timer it's great you can still get a copy of the c88 e2x2 equivalent which have been designed by the um, afss which i'm going to show you in the next slides or finally you can in this modern uh, day and age use software uh, to, to check your uh, your entries, uh, and that's where Emma fits in later. Uh, so this is uh, the Association of Freight Software Suppliers um, put together a sort of joint C88 and E2 import declaration um, sample. They use cocoa butter, you'll see uh, two thirds of the way down. So they were thinking of uh, food importers when they were uh, designing this, but this is, uh, a Acme Industrial, a, a sort of a sample um, C88 and E2 that is, although these don't exist within um, CDS, the data from a, from CDS output has been fitted into the same structure as a, um, as a traditional C88. And as most of the um, software um, providers for declaration software in the UK are members of the AFSS. If you want a C8082 combined document that looks just like you, you used to checking over the years, you can you can get a print out of this from, from your free forwarder. So that was the first half. This is the second half showing more of the, the E2 elements um, that have been put into this dummy uh, document. So the C88 and E2 aren't dead. You can get them printed out exactly like you used to, if you if you would prefer, rather than some other form of uh, um, output or summary. This is the export declaration, um, which again is as kindly uh, the, FF, the AFSS for this dummy has used uh, fish. Again, thinking of fresh salmon, thinking of the food industry, um, and this is how you you can get a printout uh, from your freight forwarder um, if you would like uh, uh, that. Um, finally, just worth mentioning, uh, when we mention um, uh, um, compliance, it's worth mentioning AEO, Authorised Economic Operator. Um, there are two types, AOC, which is Customs Simplifications, and AEOS, 
certificate which is security and safety um, and you need to have an AOC if you want a, an AOS as, AOS as well but you can have an AOC on its own. So uh, the AOS certificate is an internationally recognized quality mark indicating that your customs controls and procedures are efficient and compliant. It is voluntary and the application process is pretty much in unchanged from pre, the pre-Brexit period. So you can still get one even though we've left the, uh, the EU. Um, however, um, the current benefits, I really don't see that the current benefits um, are that uh, as good as, as, as uh, they should be. Um, the, the benefits include faster application process for customs authorizations. Um, uh, and less duplication, but 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 HMRC is simplifying many applications anyway. Um, you get a lower risk score if you're an AOC, um, but you need regular reauthorization, um, and um, you're you're quite often held to a higher standard by customs. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. Um, a guarantee waiver up to the level of your deferment account. Um, can can be given so you don't have uh, to have uh, anything like the the guarantees you needed in the past. However, if you've got an AO, but most guarantees have gone post Brexit, postponed VAT means you don't have deferred VAT, and uh, waivers, um, if you have a good history, are now in place. So those benefits are less. Um, it's definitely a kite mark, an AO kite mark, and a useful marketing tool, particularly if you're a freight agent. Um, but um, AOs, the number of AOs are going down. They were up to 1,247. They're now only 1,235. Half of those are probably freight agents. One thing that is definitely true about an AO uh, and is undeniable is that there are internal benefits. It is good for you. It forces a company to uh, become customs focused and write out all its procedures. Um, which uh, we said earlier are really important. Um, the AEOS, Security AO, is definitely does have some benefits, particularly for the food sector, um, because we have got mutual recognition agreements um, with other countries outside GB, such as EU, Japan, China, USA, and Switzerland, and also New, New Zealand has recently been, been announced. Um, and particularly exporters of food to the US are finding having uh, an AO and the reciprocal CPATs in uh, the US does make importing uh, uh, easier. Um, so uh, with AOS, the security AO, you should have a lower risk score. Um, there's a reduced requirement for entry and exit summary declarations, which is a small benefit. It's only a small amount of, of data. Um, you're also going to get priority treatment for customs controls. But again, if your truck, your AO truck is stuck behind a, a whole line of non-AO trucks, I don't quite know how you get priority treatment um, or whether priority treatment is really going to help you. Um, and then we are the um, the the whole um, target operating model being developed at the moment um, uh, is has go, is going to have an economic ecosystem of trust and trusted traders and it's very unclear if this is even going to relate to AO it's going to be a subset if AO is going to give any benefit uh, and I would strongly hope. Uh, that um, there is going to be some some link in, and that those people who have 
gone to the effort of getting AOs do 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 can benefit from from uh, you know uh, the the new uh, trader relation trader scheme. Um, then just as I mentioned, I don't have too much of a down or an AAO, um, but of the one, two, three, five current AOs, there are definitely food companies there. You can see Bewley's and and uh, many other many other food companies are have got AOs, um, but half of the AOs are freight forwarders. And then if you look at BMW or Boots or BP, and a whole range of their companies are actually within there. So the number of AOs I don't think is is as high as um, as, as it could be or should be. So I don't know. I think think twice about AO, but it's definitely got some benefits and certainly take some of the good points out of it, um, such as procedures. Right, I'm handing over to Mark. Firstly, thank you for, uh, for joining this webinar. It's much appreciated uh, to get our point across, uh, both from working with uh, with Tradeflow and Gavin, and obviously uh, how Emma Systems can actually help you. So, what what is it that Emma Systems does? Uh, the front page tells you customs compliance and analysis solution for importers and exporters. Uh, we've been around a while. Uh, one of those brands that you've never heard of. Uh, our heritage uh, was established in 1958. In 2012, we launched Emma EDOC. So prior to that, we we had a number of financial systems, one of which we still we still uh, operate today, uh, and it is clearance software, uh, predominantly in the Nordics. Uh, so we 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 have got a, a large clearance background here of customs clearance in the Nordics. Not something that we wanted to bring to the UK. Uh, so in 2022, we brought Emma EDOC uh, to the UK. Uh, it had been established for, for a short while from, from Nordic customers using the software and having a UK entity. Uh, it was now time to actually get it launched and actually allow customers to have some benefit in using the software uh, for its full potential in terms of analysis, its archiving, etc., etc. Uh, we've got planned launches uh, early next year in term, terms of uh, Switzerland, Poland, Czechia, or Czechia, uh, Spain, Germany. Uh, we've got 3,000 plus customers, uh, and that, that, that's increasing quite, quite significantly uh, as, as the days go on. Uh, so it can even be counted in hours, really. 350 plus brokers supported, so brokers, folders, agents. Uh, however you want to interpret them, uh, we had 350 connected in some shape or form to, to our solution and we'll, we'll talk about that very, very shortly. But it's very, very easy to, uh, to actually connect into the eDoc. And then just lastly, our revenue, £7 million uh, last year, we expected to be £8.5 million. And we have seen a significant change in terms of whilst we still get many new customers on our on our filing software, uh, we are very much looking for for new customers joining via the eDoc. So what what is it we do? Uh, it's control your entire customs document flow in one solution. Uh, it's cloud-based solution. Uh, we look for two things: analysis and compliance. So that is fundamental. It's a it's a document archive. So all of your documents and customs documentation 
we will we will store. Uh, so if that if that's a declaration and an invoice and an airway bill, then we will store those those pieces of important information and more importantly, as importance of records, they are, they are your documents and, and you should have an archive of some kind legally in your within your business. Uh, so in, in that respect, we simplify uh, the collection and storing control of customs declarations and supporting documents. It's purpose built to make your operation more efficient. So we'll, we'll go through some slides and probably touch on the on the software shortly, uh, and and how it helps you to identify certain things. Maybe anomalies. Uh, they may also be uh, significant issues that you that you've seen in the past, and it just allows you to to manage an efficient and sustainable supply chain. So what is that? We save time, we increase control, and, and we reduce the risk of errors. Where do we sit, fit in the ecosystem of customs? So we, we don't look for preparation for customs clearance. We're, we're not connected to your retailer, uh, your e-commerce retailer. We're not connected to your classification of goods. Uh, as Gavin kindly pointed out, there, there's, there's nothing that can replace knowledge in, in that respect. Uh, and the same for denied party screening, duties and tax calculations, prohibited and restricted goods screening. There's all a fantastic knowledge base out there, uh, such as Tradeflow and other softwares that provide certain things. Where we sit is post-customs clearance. So see, we are a unique, truly independent broker folder agent integrated solution. So whilst all of the softwares We'll all provide you with, with declaration copies for, for what they produce. If you're using maybe 40, 50 different brokers, then that means that you've got 40, 50 different, different brokers to approach to actually collate all of that information. Now we collate that for you. So we very much look at post customs clearance to identify has this customs broker done filed correctly because at the end of the day they're generally the human being so they are the breaking the chain if you like and we I highlight that to yourselves based on the fact that we have an understanding that the person looking at the data has has a, a knowledge of customs so what what is emery doc is it's a cloud solution uh it's automated process for collecting all broker folder agent process customs declarations and accompanying documents we support standard XML integration, also including simplified PDF email attachment integrations. And there's a big piece there. There's no IT project related to have this software, uh, and we'll touch on it shortly. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, uh, if your IT team are saying you can't have a software for the next 18 months because of projects going on uh, within your business, we understand that. However, we don't require an IT project. Uh, it's automated doc, uh, document scanning to enrich data via our own proprietary OCR technology. It stands for optical character recognition. What does that mean? We, we, we scrape the data for, from the documents as long as they're good quality PDF documents, such as your declaration, your C88, your SAD, your E2, then we'll, we'll pull that data off. We have standard functionality to upload any published available revenue statistics, such as HMRCs, MSS, or CDS reports. Uh, 
Uh, this month, we're happy to say that CDS has got a final version, uh, and we will this week we'll be starting to upload our customers' CDS reports, which is great news. There's an instant overview of all declarations in the company and documents. An instant overview of missing declaration documents with the ability to send requests and reminders to any broker, folder, or agent that you have without leaving the eDoc solution. So everything you need to do to chase your documentation uh, to make sure that your archive, your digital archive, is, is to a standard that you would expect that everything you do can be done from within the eDoc itself. So what are the outputs of that? And so to the right-hand side, the standard functionality to find and track declarations with the ability to update declaration data with preparation for reclaim and audit. So potentially we, we identify the issues that you, you potentially have. We can share that information with the likes of Tradeflow and Gavin and his team so that they can have access to, to do certain aspects of your reclaim for you. We don't do the reclaim, that's not part of what we do, uh, but we do formalise that information and make that information readily available. Uh, ability to run reports and export in multiple formats, PDF, uh, Excel, XML, however you want that information. Uh, identification of data inaccuracies and anomalies such as VAT, duties, origin countries, brokers, folders, agents, anything that looks wrong you can identify very very easily uh, with a mix of interpreting your MSS data and the enriched data that we take from the actual declaration itself. We have functionality to uh, reconcile account against invoices when the invoice number is consistently present in a declaration. Uh, ability to consume invoice data in a common format from ERP systems, highlighting inconsistencies against any submitted declaration. So very, very neat and handy information to have. So common problems relating to receiving, storing, analyzing customs documents and how we see it talking to customers that, that use eDoc now, uh, we understand it's time consuming. The storage and space cost, uh, are you, are you your type of business that still has the paper copies? Uh, are they in a filing cabinet? Are, are they taking up space in a warehouse? Uh, and obviously space used for paper is, 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 is going to cost you in terms of commercial value. Uh, manual tasks, uh, all of this is uh, you, you've got to store it somewhere. Uh, is it on a SharePoint? Is it, is, is it on somebody's, uh, is it on Dave's desktop? Is it on Sue's laptop? Is it in Steve's briefcase? Uh, they're all manual tasks. So when when you add all of that together, you, you end up in the three bottom uh, icons, compliance issues, human errors, audit demands. They all become quite complex and very, very time consuming. Uh, and using one, one unique system to, to identify all of that information in one single place with as many logons as you need to just for your business is obviously uh is a no-brainer for us and for our customers so edoc standard functionality what does it support it supports random check uh you heard gabby mention aeo uh c and aeos uh 
we give you the ability to do self audits uh, and with those self audits we give you the ability to to track those audits as well store those audits and supply proof of evidence that you've done these audits uh, and even if you're not AEO uh, certified in any shape or form if you're a business that wants to do do well then you, you'll self audit you'll make sure that you're you're compliant with your own customs in terms of detailed lines analysis module we, we look at tax codes we look at VAT we look at tariffs and countries of origin all very very important uh, we have a simple ERP integration uh, which ties into the, the following statement invoice reconciliation so with that simple ERP integration we, we can we can upload uh, an Excel uh, that's taken from, straight from your ERP and we can match it based on your on your invoices through from your declarations to see if there's any errors and any any anomalies we have user-defined fields to support internal processes with all software it's understanding a language that is familiar in the UK or is familiar in France or is familiar in any other country it's hard to get those those tailored columns to match what you do as a corporate so we, we allow for a number of user-defined fields that you can rename to, to what suits your business user-defined field sortation uh, every field in the EDOC here you can filter on based on its content uh, you can move it remove it uh, and each one can be saved as a, as a template for which user so whether you're a, whether you're a supply chain executive or whether you are a CFO or whether you're a customs analyst it can be tailored for what you want to see we have the ability for country specific uh, statistic file upload uh, in the UK we're very lucky with MSS and CDS data uh, and we, we allow the update of that data so that we can highlight missing declarations from your archive declaration storage and identification of missing documents as above once the once we interpret that MSS data we we can then identify what is missing from from your archive we have the ability for multiple VAT and ORI accounts under a master account, single master account. Uh, so if you've got five VAT numbers or 10 VAT numbers, we have one master account and you can do everything through that master account and identify different VAT entities. With the ORI separation, we can do that based on a single VAT number. So if you have, uh, if you have multiple ORIs attached to a master VAT number, then, then we have a single account uh, process that allows you to identify ORI accounts and do the sortation. Uh, system generated missing declaration reminders. So within the, within the uh, software, you don't have to exit the software in any shape or form. You're able to, to send reminders to your, your brokers, your folders, your agents. Bearing in mind you as the importer of record, uh, the, the declaration documents and the accompanying documents are yours. So you can send reminders to these uh, to these recipients and get that we send them with instructions on how to send to the EDOC. And there's a lot more, there's a lot more. So what does EDOC immediately identify? Uh, it identifies missing customs declarations, incorrectly used tariff codes, who declared, 
so we identify the broker, the forwarder, the agent, who done that, who declared that tariff code. It is important to note on that point that obviously when it, when it comes to classification, uh, you still need to have an understanding of customs to understand was it was it a cotton t-shirt or cotton mixed. And just going back to to Gavin's earlier slides and how he explained the brown trout and the salmon, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you do need to have that knowledge. Whilst we will highlight to you tariff codes that are maybe not familiar. It does require somebody with some knowledge and experience in terms of making that analysis. Incorrect or non-approved countries of origin. So, should you, as as a corporate, be uh, be importing from a particular country of origin, maybe you should, maybe you've got something against importing from India over Bangladesh or Bangladesh over India, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are there sanctions? Are there ethical audits in place? Uh, a good one right now is obviously Russia. So if if you're pulling products in from Russia, then obviously you you you're importing from a country with sanctions against it, uh, and we highlight that very very quickly. Incorrect customs procedure codes. Is it a temporary import? So you need to ensure that you're not paying uh, more duty than what you should be uh, in terms of. And, and again, Gavin mentioned it in terms of samples, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are you, are you importing them for free circulation or should they should they be destroyed, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, incorrect or incomplete preference. So ha, has something been registered without a certificate present? Uh, we identify if there's a certificate there. If there's not a certificate there, then who you should be trade, uh, chasing. Uh, unofficial brokers folders being used. So. Is, is somebody outsourcing to a broker, folder, an agent that, that you've not given your permission to? Uh, and whilst we hope that that will be narrowed down in terms of CDS because you need to be approved before using CDS for importing, there's still an extension. Many of our customers have got extensions to use Chief right now until, uh, until the end of January. Uh, and so far, we've seen at least three extensions. So there's nothing to say that that won't be extended any further. So we help su support your uh, supply chain performance. And then incorrect VAT, VAT rate supplied. So again, samples, uh, are, is it a sample that's going to be destroyed? If, it, if, it's, a, if it's free circulation, then absolutely, it's a, it's a normal, normal import. However, obviously, if, it, if it's going to be destroyed, or it's going to be given to charity, et cetera, et cetera, then it should be applied at the, at the right VAT rate. And we identify incorrect tax codes used and, and so much more. So currently, uh, as we first mentioned, uh, EDOC has 3,000 plus customers. Uh, and I think we need we need to do a fairly substantial update on that on that number right now uh, across, across Europe. And we've got 300 plus uh, MRE DOC customers within the food and beverage in industry. And th th there's some nice brands there that, that people probably well-known brands. Admittedly, those brands are from our from our Nordic uh, Scandinavian part of the business, uh, but I'm sure that, that there's very there's a lot there that are in that in the UK as well. 